This is a CJSR podcast. Volunteer powered. Listener supported. Campus and community. Radio. Podcast. Podcast. Radio. Radio and and podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It is inherently hard. And like I said, it is a mountain to climb. But like once you get to it, a lot of things kind of just will fall and or like it'll kind of click in. Yeah. Hi, Mika. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Julia. Hey, Ariane. Hey, Raja. What's the Chismis? What's the Chismis is a podcast about Philippinex identity and Edmonton. We're channeling our teenage angst. Word. We're fueling into, it. Into that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm an angsty kind of guy. <laughs> so we're really connecting to Olivia Rodrigo's Sour album. Mm-hmm. Um, Funny enough, I actually really fucked with that album. Yeah. It wouldn't look like <laughs> it, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, life is too short to say you don't fuck with her album. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> we're just really inspired by being like mm-hmm. super sour which is I think really perfect that's why we call this season Maasim mm-hmm. um, yeah. so yeah I'm really grateful that you reached out you know all of her stories uh, they don't really have anything about getting into creative arts mm-hmm. and true, shit like that true. and I have like a very close relationship with being sour and <laughs> wanting to get into the arts so so I have Rayland, Rayland yes Rayland Ray for short yeah, yeah. nice mm-hmm. um you're here from Edmonton, like all your life, or yeah. Um, I guess yeah. Full intro is Rayland Ray Mendoza for short. Uh, I'm from Edmonton, or actually more specifically, though it is a little bit complicated. Uh, I'm actually from Saint Albert, oh, the suburbs. Okay. Complicated in the sense of like I don't really claim it. It doesn't really claim <laughs> me. And yeah. I'm sure we can kind of get into it. Yeah. Um, but it's a very interesting place to grow up. Um, yeah. But also growing up, I did spend a lot of time in Toronto, uh, mm. and then actually most recently um, Vancouver, because I actually only just moved back to Alberta like right before the pandemic hit. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you've been displaced all over the place. A couple times. Yeah. A couple yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do here at I'll Call You Tomorrow? Yeah. Um, so I run Point and kind of manage I'll Call You Tomorrow. I'm one of the co-founders as well and specifically I do all of the design and marketing. Mm. Um, and then from a broader perspective, I'll Call You Tomorrow is an art collective mm. as well as a full lifestyle brand. Mm-hmm. So we come out with our own like products, whether it's like apparel, food, um, a little bit of everything. We're doing like more cut and sew um, and more like fancier clothing in the next yeah. couple seasons. Uh, we have home goods, kids clothing. Um, as well as do a bunch of different events, whether that's yeah. like art shows, uh, music performances, a lot of parties, just because we come from a lot of nightlife and like photography exhibits and stuff like that. So yeah. a little bit of everything all over the place. I'm always intrigued by what you guys are coming out with because it's all over the place, like you yeah. said. I'm like, how the hell are they doing this? Um, the fun part with I'll Call You Tomorrow and now that we have Lola's Gift Shop as yes. well is it truly is just a reflection of everything that we're into so we started out basically me and my best friends in university where we were all kind of within the creative sphere and i was in like my backgrounds in textiles and design and marketing 
Um, and like all my other friends were like musicians, DJs, illustrators, and we kind of wanted our um, like an umbrella to put all of our work in. Yeah. Um, and then as we kind of scaled up, now it just turns into whatever we're into, <laughs> you know, like whether that's this or that or yeah. literally what we're into that month and stuff like that. That's yeah. really awesome. Okay, so you mentioned your backgrounds in textile. Like, uh, was that like the original plan ever since you were young or? <laughs> Um, yes, actually. Yeah, I just, I'm very, I guess, fortunate um, mm -hmm. in the sense of like, I've always known kind of what I wanted to do was yeah. working in fashion. Yeah. Uh, despite coming from like immigrant Filipino parents, like yeah. I, my whole family is actually very artistic and creative and we all kind of work around in the fashion sphere. Wow. Um, I have a little sister and she still lives in Vancouver. She works in fashion as well. My mom is a retired jeweler. My grandparents, mm -hmm. uh, like before in the Philippines and when they immigrated yeah. in, they were working as like uh, tailors and seamstresses and pattern makers. Yeah. So I remember from like a very early age being raised and being like, this is like cool and good product and clothing and yeah. like, um, this is what like personal style is and yeah. kind of even just seeing like, oh, like, the way you dress and put things together is like communication, you know, mm. in a sense. So, yeah. And I'm sure that's all related to like a bunch of different themes about like learning English, yeah. losing like my sense of Tagalog when yeah. I like grew up, grew up and went to school with a bunch of white kids. Yeah. Um, but even just like coat switching through clothing. Yes. And that's kind of what got me into fashion as a whole. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. No one's going to see this, but I'm like, Starstruck. <laughs> I, I see it from afar, you know, and, and there's like a really big piece of like, I want it on that. <laughs> and it's, it's really cool that you uh, grew up in that because I think, you know, not a lot of Filipinos can say the same. True, true. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've always, yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Like, my family upbringing, like, pretty much raised me to do this yeah i guess though the double-edged sword is like i literally don't know anything other than that <laughs> so <laughs> like okay. if i ever decided i don't know if life hit me and was like oh i need to get like a corporate job i'm literally just never gonna be able to do it like, <laughs> no no never say never but uh yeah that would be such a weird switch but no i get that um so like did you find that you had like you had no barriers going into this like it was um, there's always been there's always gonna be barriers um but even at an early age i remember like my family just kind of being like if this is what you want to do you have to take it seriously mm. and like like literally like this like you're upholding kind of like our whole kind yeah. of like this is our shit really so like this is no, like it might look all glamorous on instagram or from the outside mm. looking in but it is a lot of work and yeah. Um, nothing really is guaranteed um, so there there always is just like yeah. a lot of barriers but it's just like yeah. honestly like 95% of my brain any given day is dedicated to like <laughs> to like some sort of clothing and design and mm -hmm. communication and marketing and trying to like be creative and stuff so yeah. like I really truly don't know anything outside of that but like I am very grateful that I, I'm yeah. like in this position and yeah, yeah, it's taken me a lot to get here, and yeah. I'm sure, like, I'm obviously still always learning and trying to, like, hone my craft. Yeah, of course. Um, now that you mentioned that you're from St. Albert, every single time somebody... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't normally lead with that, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, yeah, 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 it's not in the bio, by I, any I wouldn't lead with it. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, my fiancé led with that, and I was like, ah, interesting. Yeah, I will, like, also preface, like objectively on paper a, a good place to grow up like 
my parents like worked very hard when they immigrated got into like was able to get into where like into the that suburb like before it kind of turned into what it is now and they're like it has a good school system you know there's bigger backyards and stuff and then like the last thing they were expecting was like me going to school and being like yo there's just hella white kids here like (laughs) i think i was like one of three or four like visible minorities um and it truly didn't really like set in like i always knew i was like something different but as i got older year after year i was like oh like i'm really different (laughs) something's really off you know yeah and then but as i got older um, a lot of my cousins and i played sports growing up so i played basketball as a filipino guy does (laughs) it's like you know it's the triangle of either like break dancing like singing or like basketball you choose like two you know um or i chose basketball um but all my cousins grew like grew up in the north side and i would play sports with them on their teams um so that was kind of a nice segue to me kind of just like to get out of my little Mm -hmm. bubble um and then as i got older in university that's when i like really expanded my horizons and you can definitely see in a lot of our work with i'll call you tomorrow and lola's gift shop it is inherently very ethnic in the sense of it is kind of like whether it's like Filipino, but then there's like there's a lot or Asian as a whole, but then there's like this kind of adjacency to like all a bunch of other cultures just because yeah. it is just a reflection of our team and our crew, just kind yeah. of a mix of everything. In our city, I mm-hmm. think a lot of people underestimate um, just how much there is in the city. They, like we like to talk about multiculturalism, totally. but most of the time, what do you see? Yeah. White people. Yeah. Much love. But, uh, <laughs> like. Or, like, I'm a strong believer in that people are a lot more the same and have common grounds than yeah. they are different. Um, and whether that's just, like, a lot of the spaces that we occupy, um, whether that's at our parties and you can literally see it in the crowd, or it's literally, like, I mean, our studio is in Boyle Street and bordering on Chinatown. Yeah. And, yeah. like, that's definitely something I'm very passionate about reflecting and just kind of being, like, a good neighbor and member of our community yeah i like was thinking about that like when i was driving here i was like oh my god like they are in the thick of the city i love this you know (laughs) because like even just a few blocks down it's it's almost like um they try to wash it out totally but this is the the core of it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's really cool um but I guess that's that's such a huge contrast between St. Albert and here. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's been a couple different big contrasts in my life. Like, I yeah. remember, yeah, like there's St. Albert. I would go spend a lot of my summers in like Mississauga and Toronto, mm. and just seeing that kind of culture clash. And like, that was some of my earliest like, um, I guess like little hints or just like tastes of like multiculturalism. Just seeing, even like, I don't know, just meeting a bunch of my like cousins in Toronto and they all have a bunch of Jamaican friends as I got a little bit older I'm literally meeting like or actually no a good example is I literally went on my last trip to Toronto in May I pulled up to a Jamaican food restaurant and they were all owned by Filipino people oh and the Filipino people were speaking in like with a Jamaican accent and oh. I was like because <laughs> like it's just that deep rooted in like yeah multiculturalism but it's also just island culture like it's there's a there's so much just like overlap um and yeah again you can kind of really see that how we put out our work and kind of the things that we different like uh that we often like reference um so i guess tracing back to like (laughs) being from st albert Mm -hmm. um like what was the process like in in creating um i'll call you tomorrow Mm -hmm. 
that really started like our origin story kind of starts in like 2015 mm-hmm. so i was in university at the time and then i met one of our co-founders fab at a party um and we had like we're, we were kind of like peripherally aware of each other at the time he was djing a couple nights and he's uh always been like you know very fashionable just has like a really cool eclectic style um and then that's where we first met and we ended up actually working together at a, at a store called kit nace and then i ended up going on to become like a marketing manager there um and we would just work events together all the time and during that time we were like oh like we want to do kind of like yeah we want to put some stuff together or like how do we kind of keep essentially create the stuff that we would want to go to on like a friday saturday night because we couldn't find it at the time and we really just saw eye to eye and like how do we combine nightlife but like fashion and through like really cool design and marketing um and that's eventually what turned into i'll call you tomorrow yeah the name comes from kind of just like meeting someone at a party and being like oh this person is really cool and there's a connection here whether that's like romantic platonic or otherwise and genuinely wanting to stay in contact with them um and that's where it comes from and eventually it turned into like a kind of broader sense of like community as a whole and i mean we've evolved quite a bit and we kind of went on hiatus when i was in vancouver came back and yeah now we're tackling a bunch of different stuff i definitely like love watching you guys evolve thank you yeah i appreciate that just like Oh, look at what they're doing. <laughs> and especially in Edmonton, like I, totally. I always find that um and I'm guilty of this. People can be like, I hate I hate I hate Edmonton, there's nothing happening here. But it's like you have to look. You <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like as much as people like to hate on it, honestly, like Edmonton is pretty dope. Yeah. Like as someone that left the city and I know I know we're all moving to Vancouver these days. Yeah. You thought I did that a couple years ago. <laughs> like I left the city to where I thought I would like on paper had everything I wanted and like I miss the community here and the people here are just like so much more genuine Mm -hmm. um and it's like people take for granted how like how much good talent there is here and just like genuine like very just talented and hardworking and like cool shit happening here and the hard part though is that there's not a ton of infrastructure to keep it here and that's that's why people Kinda, keep moving. Yeah, that's why people keep moving. Hopefully, I'm trying to build some more stuff out. But, yeah. like, you know, yeah, it is it is what it is. And it's also not that saturated. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I totally connect with that. Like, um, I saw this meme. I hate to reference this, but it was like, Edmonton is a Stockholm, and I have the same room where, like, I used to hate Edmonton, but when you get to know the people, mm-hmm. and you, you, like, make time, and you give energy to with your neighborhood like you find like if you kind of look underneath that like surface level west end whatever yeah 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 yeah, yeah. silver balls (laughs) yeah like (laughs) you get past the like top 40 things to do in edmonton and like really kind of find your niche like there's a lot happening here and there's i i definitely feel like there's not enough shine on it it's only just maybe now that people are kind of like really clicking in and we're also in the added benefit of like we're not inherently like a Toronto or Vancouver. So I always feel like it lets me kind of just do my own thing. Yeah, yeah. It's more, um, I feel like there's more room. Totally. To like just mm-hmm. move and like do your own shit. Because even in Calgary, I visited uh, last week. It was really weird. Like, connected. It's, it's like, weird vibe there. Yeah. Like, I have a lot of friends there. <laughs> um, they are ahead of us in a lot of infrastructure, but then the way I see it, it is a lot more corporate backed. Yes. So it's harder to find like a, a genuinely indie independent yeah. like operation or cool thing there. Yeah. Cause like 
you usually have to literally go one layer down. It's like sponsored by this. Mm, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, and that's, I guess that's what I was curious about where it's like, when it comes down to it, like how, in terms of funding and money, wise, like how does this happen? Cause like it, we have to be realistic that, totally. you know, or like I got to eat somehow, you know, exactly. Yeah, you got to put food in your mouth or, you know, mm -hmm. gas in your car. Like how does it all happen? Um, that aspect, luckily, um, I've always had like a pretty strong business sense and like kind of just entrepreneurial, like mm -hmm. strategic side to me. Um, and that's kind of part of the reason why we run such a wide gamut in like product and experiences. So that lets us essentially generate like the revenue that we need to kind of just one, make so I can eat <laughs> and two, um, like kind of just take on what we need to take on, whether yeah. that's like editorials, products, uh, producing different kinds of events. Yeah. Uh, and then as we kind of scale up, we are taking more and more kind of different like sponsorships and just whether that's like, you know, um, more branded content, branded mm -hmm. campaigns, um, branded partnerships, a little bit of yeah. the odd like grant situation here. Yeah. Um, but it's, I'm like a little healthfully weary of a lot of that stuff. Mm. I'm also just really stubborn and like yeah. hate being told what to do. Yeah. So like the more oversight that I have on things, yeah. I kind of get really uncomfortable with. Mm. Um, so it's like we're slowly taking that on, but in ways that hopefully kind of make sense, you know, as we, or like it doesn't feel too forced, which it hasn't quite yet. You know? yeah. um, and then behind the scenes, I do also consult as a brand like a designer and oh, marketing cool, yeah. uh, consultant um, which I mean if I need to then you know that's kind of how it goes yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. awesome so we talked a little bit about the community here and it looks like it sounds like you're really passionate about Edmonton um, I mean I feel like it's an obvious question or obvious answer but did you find that uh, in St. Albert if not, what was it like? <laughs> um, St. Albert, like, I mean, I feel like we've kind of talked about it already, but it was always just a very, it's a very insulated kind of like neighborhood and area. And honestly, these days I don't really spend time there at all. Yeah. And I could probably count on one hand the amount of people I'm like still in active kind of contact with. Um, but it, I will say it is, it did make me grateful um, that it, or I am grateful in the sense of it really pushed me to get out of my comfort zone mm -hmm. and like, f like define and find my own community mm -hmm. and not just be okay with whatever I was kind of given yeah. early, early on. Um, and like these days I'm in a bunch of, a, a lot of different kinds of spaces any given day, yeah. um, especially just for work. And a lot of that kind of stems from me being inherently like curious and also comfortable yeah. being kind of like the odd person out but also just like if I'm in a space of a different culture or a different kind of like just different community I genuinely want to be like part of that or just like learn more about it but also be respectful to it yeah. and just kind of see the differences for what they are but also find the commonalities mm -hmm. that's me trying to be like optimistic about St. Albert oh. <laughs> Okay, well, maybe you're a better person than I am. Trying to. Yeah. It's a work in progress. Well, I'm curious about your long-term vision or your bigger mm -hmm. picture with I'll Call You More. Because it sounds like, you know, like there's events and there's products. And is there a direction that you want it to expand? Um, I kind of, like, 
not so secretly just want to take over the world. Yeah. Like, um, we're in a space now that we do often find ourselves kind of like representing a lot of culture, like coming from here, or also just like from a lot of the communities that we represent. Yeah. That's all great, um, but I just kind of want to keep doing that on like a bigger level. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually do a lot of business already outside of Alberta, and I would just want to kind of see that more and more growing without having to like lose sight of obviously where we come from. And a lot of kind of like the questions I see or kind of ask myself these days is like, how do I take our experiences or like the stuff that we're always referencing outside to like, you know, literally just someone in New Zealand who like buys our stuff um, or all over the US without like them knowing what the common is, knowing like all these like little cultural landmarks. And that comes down to like how we communicate our product, how we present our stories. Um, and it's like, yeah, like we're gonna always keep scaling up, whether that looks like more like a physical space, uh, more extended kind of like studio activations or just letting people into our space more, um, and as well as expanding our like product reach. That being said, I just don't, I always want to make sure it's very clear of like, we keep our vision, you know, like, because mm-hmm. we do have like a very distinct point of view and that's kind of what makes us us, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that you brought up making sure that it translates to whoever like it reaches because um, I, I try to be optimistic and maybe you'll inspire me from today onwards to be more <laughs> optimistic but I, I also like to be very realistic uh, where I think a part of the arts can be very uh, uh, gatekept mm-hmm. um, and how do you folks make sure that um, people feel like they can come inside and participate because I think a lot of art um, especially because it stems from you know white supremacy and the systems mm-hmm. uh, people feel like they can't even step inside totally yeah totally I mean whenever I'm faced with this question I do always have to like at least say it up front and acknowledge it that like I am quite literally like a cis hetero dude from the suburbs, like, that has a long extended, like, career in, like, events and fashion, so I do have a lot more access to things, whether that's, like, connections, infrastructure, relationships, experiences, and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. um, to get through those obstacles, Mm -hmm. um, a lot easier, honestly, or at least maybe those obstacles don't even present themselves, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, maybe to an extent they did earlier on, but not too yeah. much these days um, to differing extents and depending on what it is yeah. um, and it is just infinitely harder for different people like we have a lot of like uh, close acquaintances and collaborators who don't fit those same boxes as I do and yeah. just seeing the hardships that they have to go through is you know something very real that being said part of the, uh, to answer your question I try to be almost as open source as possible mm-hmm. um, in the sense of like the amount of people that hit us up all the time being like, how do I make this? How do I book a venue? How do I do, you know, whatever? And as much as possible, I always try and respond, you know, time permitting. Um, It can be a little overwhelming, but you know, try and get it out there. And then two, as much as like, I mean, let's say even if it's just like a party in like a nightclub or like a bar, that in itself can be not the most um, 
welcoming environment. Mm. But if anyone that has come to our parties and events, I'm sure they will say like it's a very welcoming and just inherently fun environment. And we spend a lot of time and energy making sure that's the case and making sure everyone's having fun, um, whatever that looks like, you know, whether that is drinking, not drinking, dancing, not dancing. Um, if it's like a launch party for a piece of clothing, like it's just, it is one big community. And like often a lot of us will go around even at our parties just being like, oh, hey, like, have you been, you've been to like a previous one? I recognize you. How's it going? Like, um, like just because then it lets them like put like a face and like a yeah. person behind like a business and a brand and kind of make that connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, that's kind of like as much as possible, we do try and just. Uh, make things as personal as possible. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's easy to get swept into, you know, just like big corporate conglomerates and shit like that. <laughs> so it's really, really neat to see you guys stay true to that, um, that intimacy. Mm-hmm. I like to say that. Yeah, and even like the way I design and like a lot of like, let's say like word choices that you use. I'm always just trying to find like the emotional connection and things and intimacy is actually a really good like word for that because even the way we photograph a lot of stuff one thing I'm really about is trying to find that emotional intimacy Mm -hmm. in whatever form like romantic or platonic like one thing I'm really big about is streetwear as a whole is a very like male dominated industry but I also just love showcasing like platonic male intimacy in like a lot of our work yes um and just as a whole like I'm just a sensitive ass person so like I'll call you tomorrow is like a very inherently emotional name and we try and keep that throughout a lot of our stuff yeah I love that Mm -hmm. oh my god (laughs) (laughs) and like it's not something I really like will explicitly always say but you can always see it in our work, yeah. yeah. And, and I think people will take that home and, totally. and put their own meaning to it. Mm-hmm. And it lets them kind of interpret it in their own way. Exactly, yeah, it lets them participate in some sort of totally. way. Totally. Um, I'm thinking about my, my kid's self, and if I was to like, meet you, I would have been like, how, you know, like, how is this even possible? I think there's like such a, a rigidness in the way that I think, and perhaps like a lot of, you know, Filipinx listeners mm-hmm. have where it's like I don't think I can do this but they want to you know, true, they, they true. want to break into uh, the creative mm-hmm. parts they want to participate um, in these talents that they might not even get to ever hone do you have any like advice to offer like angsty me or somebody yeah, out there on the, you know, yeah. the, both of our inner childs listening to Olivia Rodrigo yeah <laughs> yeah um, I would definitely say you really got to do the inner work and know yourself and then from there you can try and the better you know yourself I've always said like the, the better your art will be and like on top of that just honestly don't let anyone get like get you down like yeah. um, as much as people I've had a very supportive background like not everybody like was supportive from the get-go yeah. right like every no you get just means it's nothing honestly personal it probably has to do with a bunch of different other things whether that's in your control or not you just gotta like finesse your way around it essentially um that and also sometimes your art can just be what it is and it just Mm. exists on its own it doesn't even need to be like perceived and seen to the world Mm. um or like it's if it's just like kind of like a hobby or like a thing that exists on the side that's great 
Um, honestly, sometimes that's even better than like turning it into a, like a business, pursuing it full time, just because then you're kind of answering to a bunch of other considerations that you might not necessarily want. Not every designer wants like production deadlines and like having to plan out a market calendar four seasons in advance. I like, but at the same time, if that's you, like pursue it, do what you can. Um, whether that's working, you know, your nine to five and doing it afterwards, and, mm. or like having a side gig, um, there's a ton of resources out there to kind of figure shit out. Yeah, um, definitely like YouTube helped me out yeah. like crazy. <laughs> like, um, and I'll also just say like, yeah, I don't. It's not like I have it all figured out. I'm constantly being like, what the fuck is happening? You know, yeah. um, and seeing that humanity in things is just very like mm. uh, reassuring, even. We're doing a lot of work now with a lot of people that were like literally on my wish list of just being like, oh, these people like really inspired me. Mm -hmm. And seeing them work day to day is like, mm -hmm. oh, they're actively just still figuring things out. You yeah. Know? I think like the grass is always great. It is. On the other side. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, um, I just left uh, a career that I had pursued because of, you know, my earlier perceptions totally. of, mm -hmm. of what I needed to do. And then like I tried out doing a market and I was like um maybe I just want to create like necklaces and earrings on my own and not like have yeah, to turn yeah, it yeah. you know like and like you, you got to give yourself the room and vulnerability and comfortability to like, experiment right yeah, and just yeah. kind of see like do I like doing this do yeah. I what I enjoy doing this as a job do I like doing this as yeah. a hobby oh if I like doing this as a job and career what scale do I want to do it you know yeah. do you want to be like a really kind of just local market like like, um, like pop-up brand or do you want to be like you know are we talking full like full-scale store or physical location and retail aspect and none of those options are better than the other yeah I guess it really just works out yeah or, looking or like how you define success really kind of similar to your point my time in Vancouver at one point I had what I thought was my dream job and it, for a bunch of different reasons it didn't quite work out but Afterwards, honestly, I'm glad that it worked out the way it did because yeah. it made me realize I had so much more to kind of like offer and give yeah. versus whatever I was making at yeah. the time. I think like what comes up for me is uh, this question that not only circulates in my mind, but I hear it a lot from like peers and mm -hmm. namely uh, fellow Filipino peers where it's like, what, what makes me think that like I could make a mark in this like you know what makes me think that True. something would work out yeah or like why me, why me why right me? Yeah. yeah and I think that is like it's related to a bunch of different things but even like like the immigrant mentality especially the Asian immigrant mentality of like keep your head down work you know don't make noise don't be too loud mm -hmm. like as long as you can make your needs met like you know keep quiet and keep going kind of thing and then the other side of that too is that we do have a lot of like familial and even just like larger connection like pressure to like yeah fit in assimilate do what you know like pursue what we think are like conventional ways to make ends meet mm -hmm. the other hand of that honestly i've never just been a fan of it or yeah. it's more so just like how do you define making a mark right like knowing yourself and knowing your work yeah. like maybe that mark is just drawing by yourself like yeah. every week right or in one of our like let's say for me my mark would just be like oh maybe this one design is a little bit more experimental and like not at or harder to communicate to an audience the fact that if we can like hit a certain sell-through point of yeah. one style 
means that it's resonating with someone. So yeah. I'm like, all right, that, that's a mark. There is no inherent thing to me as like failure. You just have to define success in a way that is fulfilling. Mm. So fuck the haters. Yeah, like, because my, my friend, they have beautiful poetry. Totally. They, they were pondering about publishing a book, and uh, uh, they were saying, like, well, you know, like, there's so many poetry books already out there. Like, why would mine, like, make it any different? And our friend, uh, she goes, I don't think any white boys in the rap game have ever thought to themselves, no. why not me? <laughs> so yeah. why should you? Do, do you really think Jack Harlow's thinking, like, yo, like, why... <laughs> Do I need, like, does the world yeah. need another me? Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> to give, like, another, I guess, like, to bring it back to the themes of the podcast a little bit yeah. is from an early, like, early on in my design career, I was always told, like, honestly, the last fucking thing the world needs is an, another t-shirt or another tote bag or another hat. <laughs> that being said, a lot of how I approach sustainability right now mm. is, like, how do you imbue as much kind of like reason of like why something should exist whether that's mm. like the materials we're working with or in a lot of our cases is like the messaging and the storytelling behind it or and like the emotional connection and all of those meanings into one specific design and if I can cross enough of those boxes then I'll get to a point where I'm like okay this merits bringing into the world and that comes down to again with the poetry like yeah they might not necessarily be like oh am I worried about selling X amount of units per book yeah, or yeah. like making this like budget back but if it means like one person read it and yeah. cried like yeah. shit that's yeah that's enough for me like yeah. I told them yeah. I was like you know there's gonna be some uh, queer brown person out there that's mm -hmm. going to read it and they're gonna connect with it because they collect a lot of random poetry books. Yeah. I was like, then why are you or, buying you those know, things? they scrolled across it on, like, Instagram and, yeah. like, saved it. And, like, they might go back to it time to time yeah. when, like, they need it, right? And you and, never know. And, and that's, I think, like, that's not for us to define for other people. Totally. To come across, like, that art. Um, so, yeah, like, I think, I think that mentality is, is super strong, I guess, in the, in the majority. I wouldn't say, like, all of us, right? Like, mm -hmm. And like, and honestly too, like it is genuinely hard, mm -hmm. like putting your work out there to any extent yes. takes a lot of vulnerability and, and like, yeah. and just courage, honestly. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it depends. Like I'm, I'm very not above it. Like I have second doubts and I've definitely been like, or actually like the 30 minutes before any event that we throw, I'm always a little like mad. <laughs> yeah. Like our team just kind of knows not to talk to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'll just be like, fuck, this is the day where they find out, like, yeah. I'm just a fucking imposter. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. like, just like, this is the day that we fuck up and no one comes, or yeah. no one's gonna buy this, or yeah. like that. And you just gotta kind of just work your way through it yeah. and, like, navigate it. Imposter syndrome. I hear that a lot. Real. It's very real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very real. What's your experience with that? Um, okay. The realest, one of the realest moments I've had with it was. I'm in Vancouver, walking into a very big brand that I will not name, um, going as a design intern, walking into their design studio, and the lead designer slash creative director was doing a design fitting, and the model, uh, the spec model walks in, and he, from across the room, without feeling or without barely seeing the, like, the item, was like, tension on the fabric's a little off, we need to adjust that. And I was like, oh shit. like. 
if that's the caliber of like what's happening right now yeah. like I'm literally like two weeks fresh off of graduating or finishing school yeah, yeah. like I just handed in my last design crit like, yeah. <laughs> like last night yeah. basically I'm living in a shoebox in Vancouver like oh shit this is a real real um this so, isn't yeah. cosplay anymore no no, no. no like this is <laughs> and like seeing that kind of scale and intensity mm. it was part like I had a gl glimmer of being like oh this is dope I like hustled my way here mm. That's like 5%, the other 95% is like, oh fuck. Yeah, like, yeah, what am I doing? Yeah, but then I kind of was just like, okay, this is really intimidating, this is scary, but I still have this 5% of being like, oh, this is sick, I'm here, I made it here, I'm just gonna focus on that, yeah. and you just fake it till you make it. It's so real. Because, like, I mean, even like starting um, Coconut Collective with my pal Raja, mm -hmm. I was like, what are we doing here? Look at everybody's tables, they have like, uh, all this setup, but like I think the best thing that got me through it was just like this is so fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Or like truly, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> or there's always going to be another pop up. Or yeah. honestly, as long as like like truly, what we're going to go work instead, or just like do some job that we hate, you know? Yeah. Like, like you said, it it really depends on the definition of success. Have. And like sometimes yeah. the fact that you completed it and you're yeah. like done and it's out there, yeah. that's a win in itself, yeah. right? Yeah, that, it's like a really, it's a tough practice to be like, you know what, like this is, didn't happen, but this happened instead. Yeah. And feeling gratitude for that because I think like for the first few pop-ups, like uh, I didn't get a lot of sales and like mm -hmm. imposter syndrome was like at an all-time high and I was like, mm -hmm. what, what was I thinking, thinking I could yeah. do this? But every single time that someone bought something and you know we chatted a bit like that's where I felt proud of myself totally and totally. I was like oh I actually showed up you know what that's enough for me and like even related to that I'd say is like even though I'm very inherently like sensitive emo and emotional in the sense of just like the stuff I design the marketing side of it is I'm very like practical and pragmatic so I always try and find like okay what are the things that I can control? If I am mm. nervous going into things, or maybe I'm unhappy with a certain result, mm. and okay, let's say sales at a pop-up weren't great. Is it the way that we merchandised the layout, yeah. the way we like marketed it? Did we activate like um, as many like communication touch points mm. and channels going into it? Oh, like is the customer experience? Is there like gaps in that in the sense of finding out about us, then like browsing product in the shop, and then actually completing the purchase? Mm -hmm. Is there ways in there that I can kind of like either inject more of our storytelling or make it the smoothest as possible, or like make it reflect us the most as possible? Yeah. And that will uh, like really quickly give you like new things to strive towards for the next mm -hmm. one, right? Mm -hmm. Or like cool, I have my new strategy, I'm gonna go pursue this now, and like, yeah. yesterday doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah, and you mentioned that like, you don't believe in failure, or you just like... Yeah, or just like, honestly, I don't really like believe yeah. in it, or it's just like, there's no such thing as like, just a flat out 100% loss. Yeah. Yeah. There's gonna be a win in there, and like, just gotta find it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess in relation to that, like, what is the most memorable lesson that you have learned with Macaulay tomorrow? Um, one thing I always keep going back to is that honestly the design and like the creative elements and the honestly even like the actual once you're in the moment mm -hmm. 
like the partying and the experience element of it or like the throwing the event itself that comes really easy it's trying to make space and give the adequate attention to everything else around it mm-hmm. like the amount of times just spent on like logistics email like, like it's all of that element and that's something that I or like invoicing and contracts and being proactive on stuff planning all of that has been it's a continual lesson that I'm like always learning and just every time I feel like I'm like on point on it something will happen I'm like I don't I'm completely like a rookie um, but I'm very fortunate in that our team is also very strong at everything that we do so that we can kind of like pick up each other's like blind spots and have each other's back and that's kind of related I would say it's like the second lesson or like thing I've learned is that it's more important to me to be like a, a really good like leader mm-hmm. than be like a really good like business person honestly mm-hmm. if something bricks in the sales but I know that our team adequately like showed up for each other and like created that sense of community for people then like I could care less to be honest yeah about like what the numbers look like yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's beautiful I, th- I think it's it's really incredible what, what your team is thank you here. I'm hoping that it expands more where people get to I guess participate more mm-hmm. in a way that's like uh, that feels at home interested to hear about like as someone that's like on the outside looking in how like what does ICYT look like how do, like how do I perceive you yeah a little bit <laughs> be nice um no, 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 yeah, yeah. but it's just like yeah I don't know like I spent a lot of time basically in here by myself in the yeah. studio so I'm just like we're not above a lot of people think we're like a lot cooler than we are and I'm just like, it's, if you knew half the shit of just like, it's literally just me and my MacBook Air that I bought from university. <laughs> yeah. And like, my best friends, like Sade and Alfred, yeah. not knowing how we're gonna spend our weekends. Yeah. Like, people would be surprised. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, of course I'm gonna be nice. There's. <laughs> um, I'm definitely open to it. Yeah. You can cut let's, it off if yeah, you want it. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, from my perspective, I'll give a little bit of context. I'm a queer. Totally. Uh, brown, Filipino woman. Always been told what to pursue. Mm. Ridiculed when you know I wanted to do more artsy things. So from from my perspective, that very spe- specific uh, lens, I will admit that there is the element of jealousy. Fair enough. Yeah. And a yearning. Mm. I think. I see it as like man like this is really cool like you said I'm like this is like you know is is this something I've thought it to myself like is this something that Edmonton gets to have like this <laughs> like I don't want to say that it's like you know uh, this is so Vancouver but like yeah I mean to an extent like yeah, it is right like like there's been different things similar to us in the city yeah but to most of my knowledge they haven't really stuck around no. you know and, and I think a part of that, like, I'm really grateful also because, you know, when I when I see Edmonton talent, I 
there's a part of me where I get kind of scared that they're gonna leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, which like, you know, success is deserved totally. and if, if it's somewhere else then yeah, like that's where they're gonna go. But like I also don't want it depleted from here mm-hmm. because to it's, me this is home. It just leaves a vacuum. Right? Yeah, it leaves a vacuum and then like, you know, it starts the cycle starts again. Mm-hmm. It's like it just keeps going away. And so yeah, from the outside in, like I love what you folks are doing. Um, but to be very real, there is an element of like a yearning to mm-hmm. be in it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Like, thank, thank you for, for the insight. Here, yeah. Thank you for having me. And yeah. this is this has been great. It's been fun. So cool. I'm gonna go I... listen to this hour after this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey folks, thank you so much for listening. What's the Chismis is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM in Amiskoche Waskaikan on Treaty 6 territory, also known as Edmonton. Today's episode was produced by myself, Nikki Mendiola, with the help of my wonderful teammates. And of course, a special thanks and shout out to I'll Call You Tomorrow's very own Rayland Mendoza. You can find all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and on our website, whatsthechismis.transistor.fm. You can also connect with us on Facebook at whatsthechismisCJSR, on Instagram at whatsthechismis, or email us at chismis at cjsr.com. That's T-S-I-S-M-I-S. Salamat!